Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And the last is to just, you know, just work hard at it, right? Because no one will do things for you. Um, and, you know, and in a company when I was still uh, working, whether you perform well every month or not, like you get the same paycheck. But as an entrepreneur, you don't have that luxury. Uh, but at the same time, parang, uh, if you're in a space you're passionate about, working hard isn't exactly working hard, right? It's working fun and, and doing something that you, you love and you enjoy. And good day, good evening, good morning from wherever you are. And welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. For those of you here in the NCR, how is the MECQ, MECQ rather treating all of you? Uh, and as you can see right now, I'm wearing a very special hat. And it says over here, fully vaccinated. This is the hat uh, of all of us who are members of the restaurant owners of the Philippines. And we've all been giving this, we've all been giving this hat out to all of our uh, employees who are fully vaccinated uh, coming from our good friends in uh, Resto PH. So again, um, let's continue to support all of our restaurants. Uh, it's been a great struggle for all of us in the food and beverage industry. Please support them. Uh, do some takeout. Do some delivery. If you happen to go to the mall and grab some essentials that you can drop by them, please do take out. Uh, let's help them get through these trying times here right now. Anyway, welcome again to the RJ Ledesma podcast. And as you know, in my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs and then learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, and can we hack into those success secrets? Can we also learn more about how they've innovated their businesses during this pandemic? And more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging here in the new normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the show? Please do let me know. I would love uh, to speak with them. Just drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and now the Bounce Back Network. Tonight, I am very excited about my next guest over here. And, you know, we had a... Uh, pre-podcast conversation, and I'm very thankful to him for having supported Mercato Central in his office in Bonifacio Global City. Uh, Mitchell Gaba, of course, founder and CEO of PIDAX, or uh, Philippine Digital Exchange. He tells a bit more about his project. This is the country's leading cryptocurrency exchange licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, or the BSP. Now, PIDAX launched its cryptocurrency exchange back in 2018 to provide Filipinos with a very accessible platform where they can trade the world's leading digital assets like Bitcoin very safely, directly together with, uh, with Philippine pesos at globally competitive rates. Now, recently, it has raised 
12.5 million dollars in pesos that is 630 million pesos from a funding round which will be used to expand its services and operations as the firm looks to bring more OFWs to use its platform as well now how can get how can pidax and how can this funding help boost cryptocurrency in the country let's learn more about pidax and of course nichelle nichelle gaba welcome to the show Hi, RJ. Thank you so much for having me here. Super excited. And uh, it's also a pleasure to meet you because I've been patronizing Mercato for many years uh, working <laughs> with PC. So, maraming salamat, RJ. Oy, maraming salamat for paying for my salary by eating over <laughs> there. Uh, I should have asked you to pay me crypto, you know, when you were, when you were ordering for me, for me there. Ah, sayang, sayang. Sayang. At that time, it's like accepted crypto back then. At that time, nako! Panalo na ako dyan. So anyway, and by the way, just in case, please support uh, support Arrestos. Uh, they're all, they're, get, they're doing their best to be fully vaccinated during this time. So yan yung pinaka-plugging ko dyan, Nitch. Uh, <laughs> can, can, can I call you Nichelle or Nitch? What, what's, what's best uh, for Nichelle you? Nichelle is fine or Nitch is okay too. Yeah. Oh, so Nitch, the big story really here tonight is that I believe this is your Series B funding for your company. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, with with startup funding, uh, a lot of times the this the series nomenclature gets a little, ano eh, um, uh, I guess distorted. Eh. So uh, essentially, this is our third round of funding, right? So we had the oh wow, C, third round already from yeah, C to Series A, yeah. Series B. Okay, yeah, now just a question. You know, I always ask this to all the people who get startup funding. I mean. They go, wow, this is fantastic. I mean, you're like you're like, you're like on top of the world, but then it starts setting mm -hmm. in. Oh dear Lord! They gave yeah. me this much money. What do I do? How did you feel? <laughs> tell me, how, how did you feel yeah. about that? Oh, look, uh, I, I share that view. No, uh, in fact, when the, the, since I've been a man, money manager for for most of my career, but when 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 somebody gives you money uh, to do something with it, the pressure is there yeah, to the point that sometimes as a as an entrepreneur, you don't feel like you should be congratulated. Eh? Uh, people should wish you good luck because that's a lot of responsibility. And uh, I guess this recent round uh, is also, um, well, definitely will be put to good use, right? How, how did it feel? I mean, how does it feel to be to be mm. managing, I mean, this amount of money? I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Of course, this is already Series B. This is about 600 million pesos. Yeah. And that, that's no that's no joke. Um Mm. What, what went through your mind? Lang? I'm just very curious when, when, when things came in, then you said, okay, we got this. I mean, obviously you were, yeah. you were self-motivated, but when, you, when it finally comes over there, you're going, it's here, you know, it's here. That's right. Uh, look, so um, roller coaster of emotions. Uh, what I would say is um, as a startup founder, I feeling feeling of like uh, being maybe months away from, from burning your, your runway uh maybe months away from like shutting doors etc uh so so getting uh this round of funding uh i suppose to a certain extent secures the the company's future uh but then probably the most important uh feeling i got was a sense of validation not so much for the company but for the market that we're in right now uh, the philippines is a hotbed now for for venture investment and crypto is the place to be in so so you validation on rj is very powerful especially for someone who's who needs inspiration to to continue working um like the most of the people pdax yeah and well maybe right now you know for those who are just who are just mm -hmm. tuning in and trying to listen and appreciate uh maybe in an elevator pitch fashion since you since you did say that you right. uh, you have a startup background what exactly is pdax if you were to give it to the layman and say hey you want to invest in Pidax? This is what Pidax is all about. 
<laughs> it's a marketplace for all kinds of digital assets, right? So uh, think of us as maybe the the Lazada or the Shopee, but instead of like you know goods or services, we we exchange crypto, right? You can buy and sell crypto. Um, you know, and, and crypto, there's so many things you can you can trade there, RJ. It's not just uh, Bitcoin or Ether, but um, going forward, you can expect to see a lot more tokens. Wow. I'll get a bit, bit more into crypto later on. And I'm sure there's some people also listening here right now. Uh, some might be very seasoned crypto traders. Some are just getting into crypto or this might be the first time that they're hearing about crypto. So I'm glad you're here, Niche, because you give, give them a chance to get everybody on the same page with their understanding. Uh, with regard to crypto, but before getting into this one, uh, let's talk about your exchange. So, you know, to my mind, you know, um, mm. you're thinking of a stock exchange and you're talking about a crypto exchange. So what exactly, uh, you know, what exactly are they funding when they put mm. money into a crypto exchange? Because it's a, it's a marketplace technically, right? So what are they funding when they're putting money into you? Well, the, the investors who, who put in money in PDAX, uh, basically, th- what they're funding is is development on, into that platform, and it's nice that you brought up the Philippine Stock Exchange as another, uh, I guess, financial market um, mm-hmm. because I, I, that's a comparison that um, uh, is very easy to make. But then the biggest mm-hmm. difference between something like the Philippine Stock in- Exchange and and PDAX is at PDAX, virtually all of the services there, from order matching, uh, execution, trade confirmation. All of those things are automated, right? So the investment in technology uh, in something like PDAX is so high. Uh, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to, parang, uh, or it's easy to to underestimate just how how costly it can be to to maintain and scale such a platform. So uh, yeah, that's that's really where it, it it will it will go. Yeah, and I really want to get into why. I guess, you know, it, it's a tall order. What you're doing is a tall order. You're building a marketplace literally for digital assets. Why you wanted the headache to get into it in the first place? Because actually you identify pain points, right, as an entrepreneur. And we'll discuss that a bit, uh, a bit later on uh, in the podcast. Uh, but right now, with, with all the money that, that's coming in right now, all the funding that's coming in, uh, and I understand the funding came in uh, from several groups. Uh, it came from uh, the Hong Kong-based fintech company, BC Group. It came from... UBX, which is Union Bank's uh, digital venture, uh, and, and BNX and all these different people. No, uh, where is that funding going primarily to? This this round of funding, right? Uh, so mainly it will go into growing the team, right? So you've always had to, um, I guess, roll out new products, new features, and you can only do that with a really talented dev team. So uh, to everyone out there who's uh, you know who, who's a software engineer, plug like we, we have openings. Um, so it's really that, no? Um, and also, um, exchanges require a lot of working capital. So um, similar to, for example, uh, Gcash or, or Paymaya, who are e-wallets, uh, they actually need working capital in order to make sure that when you funds, uh, instantly you're able to get it. So the working capital requirements are, are also pretty high. Um, you know, to, to a certain extent, RJ, uh, even though the, the size is relatively large, uh, mm-hmm. maybe for a Philippine startup, uh, but, uh, you know, a crypto exchange uh, is pretty much the same everywhere else, right? The, the requirements on us uh, from a tech standpoint are the same as the requirements you would have for something like Coinbase or Binance. Uh, but then again, like, they're uh, playing at a different level, uh, a different 
level when it comes to how much they can invest in their technology. Yeah. Uh, tell me a bit more about, uh, about a cryptocurrency exchange. Over here, technically, you are a private sector uh, organization or your private corporation that's being regulated by the BSP as an exchange. Mm -hmm. In other countries, Singapore or the US, who exactly runs that exchange? And are all these exchanges something that is also being regulated by the government or, uh, or tolerated by the government or not recognized at all by the government? Uh, that's a great question because uh, regulatory direction is something that's very relevant to the cryptocurrency space uh, because you know different countries have different laws, right? In the same way, uh, uh, maybe banking or equities trading is not the same everywhere else. Uh, more so in crypto trading. Um, so, in but generally speaking, um, here here are the uh, no, here are the main things that uh, governments do regulate. Number one, everyone wants to fight money laundering, right? So mm -hmm. there will always be anti money laundering rules. Number two, everyone wants to protect consumers, right? So there's going to be uh, requirements that whatever you list there is not a scam, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, in most in most markets, these services that we provide are regulated, but the regulatory framework has not yet caught up such that it could require exchanges to register get license etc but we're seeing that uh, we're seeing that also uh, develop yeah which is interesting to me that well, technically in a developing country like our own that the regulatory framework has come to a point that they're allowing exchanges well other countries that are more developed than us yeah. it's not yet uh, you know <laughs> in this stage well, why do you think that that's such a case Alamo, this is where um, being relatively underdeveloped is an advantage. Uh, a good example would be, well, let's compare the Philippines and the U.S. The U.S. took so long to, to, have, to offer regulatory clarity on crypto. And that's because the traditional financial system in the U.S. is super duper duper complex, right? So uh, it's like if they want to regulate uh, exchanges there, it's almost as though they have to uh, justify why the current financial system is not working. Um, right. In our case, it's easier to, to build an exchange because there's not really existing infrastructure, right? Like, um, unlike in the US, where uh, if you want to digitize all the securities, well, good luck because the, the US markets are, are super large. And it really, like, you know, um, performing a heart transplant. Uh, on someone maybe like riding the Tour de France, right? It's very <laughs> difficult. As opposed to Tayo, well, you know, we're still like, you know, slowly getting there. Okay. And, and having said that, no, we are, you're saying that being underdeveloped in this case is actually an advantage to us. If you look at cryptocurrency, no, it, it seems to be very popular in, in developing countries. Like uh, we have the third highest rate of cryptocurrency usage in the world mm -hmm. behind Nigeria and Vietnam. And, you know, Sometimes Nigeria has been, being paint, been painted in a negative light when it comes to uh, fi financial scams, uh, unfortunately. No? But I'm just asking uh, right now, why do you think it's so popular in the Philippines and why it's so popular for developing countries? Is it exactly for the reasons that you've been talking about? That because things are not as, as, as uh, uh, you know, not, it's not like in the sense yeah. where everything is already highly regulated. Mm. Yeah, basically, uh, it's, it's partly due to that. No, It's easier to... Uh, build and offer uh, 
innovative services in a place where the incumbent service is not yet super mature or, or advanced. Uh, but specifically, the Philippines, no. Um, and and I say this, um, and and I say this uh, because the way crypto grows in each market is very specific to that market. Right, so the first run natin of like cryptocurrency adoption was because we're a large remittance destination, and crypto could make that cheaper. But today, right now, because of the pandemic and because people are at home uh, and a lot of people don't have jobs, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. crypto has offered a way for people to earn money by by playing a game. Right, so I'm sure you've heard of Axie Infinity, and mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, it's it's driven adoption here in the Philippines to such a to such a level na uh, parang yeah a lot of people are playing instead of like looking for a job. Well, now, now having said let's let's go to that right now. You did say that crypto uh, became popular. Well, I, I've read no, that you know crypto became popular during the lockdown in the Philippines. In fact, you said that uh, that user count grew by twenty five times while monthly transactions rose by eighty times since the crisis. Uh, since the pandemic began in March 2020. Yeah. So uh, help me trace that sort of timeline of, of what happened in that increase mm-hmm. up to the point that I guess uh, Axie came in and I guess that really accelerated things even further. But but help us understand at, at the very start, you know, um, our, you know, people, you know, Gcash was a big benefit of that one. You know, digital mm-hmm. wallets became a big thing. When did, when did, when did, when did all of a sudden crypto start picking up uh, at the start of this pandemic and why? Mm-hmm. Great question. And it's not so much just because of what's happening in the Philippines. No, we're talking about what's happening globally. A, a bit of you know, investment context. Uh, globally, a lot of investors are very wary about their local stock markets. Why? Because mm-hmm. obviously production is, is uh, uh, impaired, demand is, is uh, decreased, right? People don't have jobs, income, etc. Right? And, and the only way to really protect yourself against uh, such market conditions is you invest in something that's scarce or something that's, uh, that has a fixed supply. That's why gold was super popular uh, or gold is popular in times of crises. In the same way, see, Bitcoin kind of like took on that narrative also during the pandemic. The parang people were, were buying Bitcoin because they want to store their wealth. Um, now, obviously... Bitcoin has a fixed supply, right? You can't print Bitcoin, can't make more of it. It's mathematically scarce. So, aakyat talaga yung price. Uh, and obviously, whenever, you know, prices appreciate like that, it gathers even more attention. So, that led to like really a, you know, a snowballing of, of crypto adoption last year. Okay. And then all of a sudden, um, where, where were these people coming from? I'm sure in the, in the exchange you're seeing where these people are coming from. Who are these people coming into the into the exchange? I'm, I'm very curious. It's everywhere, right? Like at every uh, socioeconomic bracket, like there's uh, interest in crypto. And that's actually a very good thing for the country because one thing also that's kind of, uh, that's been lacking here in the Philippines is uh, enough investment products and services, right? Uh, I don't know if you know this, but like uh, the the stock market in the Philippines is very underpenetrated. We're, we're talking about maybe like one or 2% uh, market penetration. Um, so there's not a lot of investment opportunities and uh, people are clamoring for that. Um, that's mm-hmm. why crypto became super popular. Okay, and then now we move on to Axie Infinity as a game, right? Mm. Did that also help? Did that further accelerate crypto? Did you see anything as a result of, of these new games? And Axie is just one of them that's coming up right now where you earn money from playing games. 
for you in crypto from playing games? Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, uh, you know, I I was playing games also before, right? But uh, it's uh, during when in my quote unquote younger years, uh, it was never the case that you can win items and then eventually uh, you can sell whatever it is that you want uh, and in exchange for cash, right? So crypto revolutionized that gaming experience and made it monetizable, right? So absolutely the adoption of these uh, gaming um, NFT utility tokens uh, really uh, put crypto into the mainstream consciousness here. Um, now, you know, uh, exchanges, the role of exchanges really um, is we connect the crypto space to the real economy, right? Because you can't spend these tokens, say. You need to convert it to cash. So mm-hmm. our biggest priority right now is to enhance our platform so that we can actually support all these new use cases for crypto. Still thinking of what career is best for you? My name is Pat Soyo. Check out my podcast where we answer questions and debunk job descriptions by interviewing professionals so we can put an end to our career search. This is Job Defined. Available on wherever you listen to your podcast. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. Wow. Anecdotally, can you tell me, did, did, did you see an exchange... Uh, an increase in the use of cryptocurrency or of the exchange when these games became popular? Yeah, for sure. Uh, look, um, historically, uh, Bitcoin has been the most popular uh, crypto to be bought and sold at PDAX. Uh, and then the next would be uh, USDT, which is a US dollar backed token. Uh, but now it's Ether, right? Uh, which just goes to show that a lot of Filipinos are really accessing these decentralized apps uh, and games like like Axie Infinity. Wow, very very interesting. Now uh, let's take one more step back. This is a really great discussion. Moving into into the into into Pidax and the in the cryptocurrency exchange at once. But then you know mm. I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that you know there are many people who are still struggling with understanding what crypto is. You no, know? so I hope you don't mind to do a, you know, a cryptocurrency basics 101, just help people bet, better understand uh, what is cryptocurrency and what exactly is the basis for cryptocurrency? What gives it its value? Okay. So you know why uh, cryptocurrencies are so hard to, uh, and mind you, I come from a very traditional finance background, so I struggled a lot too. Uh, but you know why cryptocurrencies are so hard to understand? It's because we lump them all together as cryptocurrencies. But if you think about it, Bitcoin is very different from Ether. Uh, Ether is very different from SLP, which is the token uh, that you earn playing Axie Infinity. These are very, very different things. Um, now, Bitcoin is, is the easiest to explain uh, because it's, it's obviously it's the first uh, use case of crypto, but also it's the most simple, right? What's Bitcoin? Bitcoin is just a... Uh, a, a u- unit of ownership in a ledger that cannot be controlled by anyone. So I can send you money, RJ, and like, uh, for example, I send you money through Gcash. Uh, at one point, you know, Gcash can decide na to, you know, 
basically give you more money than I actually gave. In other words, Gcash as a company, although they will never do that, I, I would think, uh, they are in a position to control how much you own and how much I own, right? Uh, and that's been the nature of digital financial services. There's always that entity in the middle that controls everything. Um, in Bitcoin, there's no such entity, right? So if I send you one Bitcoin, nobody can can take that away from us. Uh, now, extend that application amount. Okay, you can if you can create unique digital units, what else can you do with it? Well, pag naglalaro ka ng Warcraft, maybe yung gold doon can be actually gold, right? Can be actual money instead of something that, you know, Blizzard can just, you know, uh, continue to make in game, right? So, so the concept is similar. You can create very uh, unique instruments that eventually you can trade. Okay, and how? What what creates the value behind it? Because like for many people, uh, like you mm -hmm. said, no, the difficulty and you came from a traditional finance background is you understand uh, what money, what backs up money, right? The central bank backs up money uh, with with gold, right? Sometimes, I mean, that's the very traditional understanding of money. Yeah. What backs up a Bitcoin? What gives the, what gives the value to the Bitcoin? Or what gives the value to crypto? Oh. Yeah, so I'll start with that. Uh, no, I'll start with that illustration. It's a very good example because a lot of us probably still, uh, no, still attribute the value of currency to the gold that's backing it. Uh, but since the 1970s, that's no longer been the case, right? Uh, money uh, is called fiat currency because it's it's recognized by law that you can exchange it for goods and services. Okay, so what that means. In a very fundamental level, is your one thousand pesos kodito is not worth one thousand pesos because the paper is nice and mabango or misan mabaho, but it's worth one thousand pesos because if I go to a Seven Eleven, they have to give me one thousand pesos worth of goods and services. Now that is called fiat. Okay, so now uh, a related concept to that is if it's worth one thousand pesos and you can exchange it for goods and services worth 1,000 pesos, where where can you exchange uh, that currency? It's called the market, right? Um, and markets dictate pricing, right? If a lot of people want this item, well, guess what? The price of that item will go up. If a lot mm -hmm. of people are supplying that or selling that, the price will go down. So uh, crypto behaves in a market environment. The reason why it's been going up is people want to buy it. Wow. And then, okay, ha having said that, no, uh, that, mm. that's basically how, how, how crypto works. Now, here's the other thing I want to I go into right now. Um, mm. and, and you put up PIDAX, no, but um, if you know a bit of the background of Nichelle, and I had to do my own research on, on LinkedIn to see uh, who he is, and kudos to, to the great academic background that you've been having no, and, and, the, and your financial career. Uh, I mean, you, you, you were in Wharton, you finished in Wharton, uh, an MBA, and you come home and you decide to go into crypto and, and building the, the currency exchange. Tell us a bit more about your journey. I mean, I want to know more about your <laughs> entrepreneurial journey. What, what led you there from traditional finance going into crypto? Because that's not, that's not exactly, I mean, yeah. that's not a, that's not <laughs> a, uh, uh, you know, that's not really a career path many would follow, right? In fact, people be saying, after doing that, after doing your MBA, you're gonna go into crypto. I mean, <laughs> some, I mean, yeah. some people would think that. No? So help me exp help me understand better. What is the framework and what is the pain point that you were seeing or or under uh, underserved need that you saw that brought you into this industry? 
it'll be a no no it'll be a, a semi-long story and sure uh, sure we're here for the story will, uh, will actually play a part here <laughs> perfect <laughs> I was working at HSBC for for many years, and you know, our office was in BGC. Um, and uh, the role that I was in exposed me to how, I guess, the back end of the financial markets actually work. Right? Like, makikita lang natin sometimes is you know the branch or or maybe the stock market, blah blah blah. But the the mechanisms on the back end that that's what I got exposed to. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, after five or six years in the bank, I, I, I felt that, you know, I was happy, but then I was not feeling super fulfilled, right? So, went to the market, maybe I can eat with oh, yeah. friends. And then you start thinking that, you know, uh, maybe I should, you know, scratch that itch. And, and uh, no, at the time, I wasn't thinking of, of being an entrepreneur. I just wanted to, parang, I guess, see... Uh, the world, right? Like uh, maybe work elsewhere. So that's when I decided to to go for an MBA. And you're absolutely right, right? For someone who was in business school at that time, uh, going into crypto was crazy because you can go yeah. into, uh, uh, you know, an investment bank in Wall Street or like a hedge exactly, fund, exactly. whatever, mm. right? Uh, but here, this was the ano, this was the the itch that I couldn't ignore. When I started, I started trading cryptocurrency while I was in in school. And then I realized, holy dude, oh. <laughs> this technology can change the way we offer financial services in the Philippines, right? Mm -hmm. From remittances to investing to trading. Um, and I thought, you know, given, given what I learned from HSBC, this is something that, you know, I can pursue. But obviously, RJ, to start a fintech company, it's no joke. Like, you can't start exactly. it. From a garage, like you have to have a lot of capital. Why? Because the BSP will require you to have a lot of capital. Because if you lose people's money, well, guess what? You're covering for it, right? So capital requirements are so high. So I thought, uh, okay, if it makes sense to to the regulators that this is something they want to see in the Philippines, then I should be able to go to a VC and raise funding for it, right? So when those two pieces fell into place. That's how uh, I got into PDAX, or that's how PDAX started. Okay, I love that story. Now, let's get the story of you. I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, BSP, if they have enough money, yeah, VC, <laughs> the, you know, I, I, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. Now, tell me about that actual process. The, the, tell me that, you know, um, how did the VC initially take it at that time, 2017? Why would they put money mm -hmm. in a fresh grad from Wharton? Who's just saying that they can do it? And why would BSP believe you, Deba? I mean, I'm sure those are things. That, these are the <laughs> these are the obstacles that you were facing. Tell us a bit yeah. more about how, how you were able to address these, or how you went. Well, tell, tell us your story. Yeah, with the BSP, um, you know, uh, and this one I can say also about the Philippine SEC. You know, a lot of times people. Uh, or, or in the startup space, uh, when they see regulators, they see them as ano eh, parang, uh, people who, who just always say no way or impediments to innovation. But actually, you know, regulators not in here also see the value behind these technologies. And they're always very supportive. So so uh, at least when, when uh, we had our first discussions uh, with the regulator, um, siguro the, the familiarity with how the current financial system also helped, right? Because uh, we weren't going there saying, uh, hey, this is the future. You guys should embrace it. No, we were there saying, uh, 
guys, these, this is the current state of things. These are the problems that Filipinos are facing. And this new technology can come in to help solve this. So, so if you approach them in that way, you know, like in that, um, uh, uh, in that manner, you'll find that they're extremely receptive. Now, VCs, okay. naman, will put in money even at the, ano, diba, the, the craziest ideas. But specifically, what uh, attracted uh, VCs to crypto is that the potential of blockchain technology is the same as when in the internet first started, right? Because with blockchain technology, you can offer so many types of new services, right? Now we're seeing uh, blockchain-enabled gaming, right? Mm-hmm. But we can see that in many other sectors also, and this is just the very beginning. So VCs were really primed to to support uh, anything in, in crypto in 2017. Tell me, what did you pitch to the to, to our regulators that you said this is the problem that they're facing, <laughs> which crypto can solve? No, because that, for me, that's very yeah. interesting because that, that's really it. That's that's the entrepreneurial mindset right there, Deval. You're yeah. solving a pain point, but I got to explain it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so this one, very specific example. And I think a lot of us can relate to this. So m- many of us have... Uh, relatives overseas who are working, right? Or if walang relative, like we know somebody who has one. You know, the average cost is to like remit money into the Philippines. It's about 8%, right? So just imagine an OFW is working uh, 12 months in a year. One mm-hmm. month will go to the remittance companies and the banks, right? 8%, that's big. Now, why is it 8%? Is it because the, the banks are greedy? They're, no, it's not because they're greedy. But it's because if magpapadala ka ng pera from Singapore to the Philippines, your sing dollar goes through a remittance company. Mm-hmm. The remittance company buys U.S. dollars from the bank. Yung bank na yon sells the U.S. dollars uh, in the uh, uh, FX mar- global FX market. Someone, uh, uh, a counterparty here, no, a bank, will receive those dollars and then sell it for peso. And then from peso, it goes to a remittance company. The remittance company pays the beneficiary. This whole process takes up a lot of time, but also a lot of the cost, right? That's why it's 8%. But for crypto, you can get it near instantaneously, and you don't need the intermediaries. You just need uh, a marketplace like PDAX where you can liquidate it quickly. So, so uh once yung, ano na yun, yung uh, problem na yun has been like explained in that way, you'll find and, and I guess this is true naman, RJ, you know, for, for most people. When you mm-hmm. when you explain the challenges that you're facing, you will find that uh, people are actually wanna help you, right? Uh, solve a solve a problem. Yeah. And I guess what's important is that it's really the framing also of the problem correctly. I think I think that's mm-hmm. what they were able to see from your explanation. And that's what I want people also to, to take away, whether you're doing crypto or not, is that Understanding how to explain that problem in a context that uh, <laughs> that your target demographic wants to understand it in it was really very helpful. I I I, I assume you agree with that. Mm. But how, how yeah. did you handle the man? Yeah, please please go ahead. Yeah, no, no. you were going to no, say something. No, no. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you, no, but, yeah, I cut you off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's say now I want to see what did how did so that's how you pitched it to the regulators. How did you pitch it to the VCs? The first pain point that they want that you were trying to solve. <laughs> well. The VCs, kasi, uh, first of all, uh, this is how a VC thinks, right? Like, uh, they don't care if like you're you're uh, a company that's you know 
making money, making ten percent every year, and they'll, you know, they'll receive dividends. They don't care about that. Uh, they want home runs. Okay, they want to turn their one hundred thousand dollars to one hundred million dollars. Okay, that's how they think. Um, so they don't mind investing in in entrepreneurs who you know maybe have little traction or who uh, don't have everything together yet, don't yet have a product, right? They don't mind investing in these things because they know that if they approach the right opportunities or they, they look for the right opportunities, they will find a company that can give them that 1,000 times na return, okay? Um, so that's the VC mindset. Uh, now, let's look at the Philippines, okay? We should be more, we should be receiving more investment than we've actually had, right? First of all, we actually have a very large population. Most of us are young. Young tends to mean uh, uh, we adopt new technology very well. Uh, we're also a very co- easy country for talent to work in, right? If, if uh, uh, you know, foreigners can come in, they can work here. It's very, very easy. And because we have a close cultural affinity with, with uh, many of the Western countries because we speak mm-hmm. English, etc., it's very easy to transplant an idea into the Philippines. So uh, there's so many reasons why this is a great market. Okay? Uh, and VCs know that. Um, so uh, I guess the, the kind of the, the side moral here is, um, if you know you have an entrepreneurial idea and you can you think you can make a big difference, someone will back you here in the Philippines. Got that. Got that. Now let's get into the actual trying to set up the business. So you, you had the money, you were setting up the business. Yeah. Uh, you know, many like you said, no, I, like you, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I know the roller coaster ride many mm. entrepreneurs take. Um, tell me about those times when you're doing the business now, that, that those biggest challenges that you had that you know you could that that you yeah. couldn't sleep at night. But actually, these are the type of challenges that, <laughs> in that respect, they were good to have because that's where you really learned yeah. a lot. No, I'm sure you you were in the same boat also, RJ, many times. Eh? Parang, uh, you're so tired, but you're not because your heart's racing. And then yeah, like, yes. you're super stressed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, look, so, so Sam, um, when... when uh, First of all, I did not have a technology background, right? Like I, I knew very little about technology. Um, so in the earlier days of PDAX, what was very important to us was building the right team. Okay, so mm-hmm. finding the right people. And w- the, the people that we were looking for weren't just uh, the ones who were well-credentialed or very talented. Uh, mm-hmm. We were looking for people who shared in our, our mission or who who shared our passion. And my realistic reason for that, uh, or there's a very sensible reason for that, um, because the the idea was so unrealistic at the very beginning that if, mm-hmm. if your team is not passionate about it, it's super easy to just, you know, slack off or, or give up, right? So uh, those were the first days. And I'm very thankful that a lot of the people who joined us from the earlier days are actually still with us now. Um, and, you know, uh, everything that, PDAX was able to accomplish was in large part or in for the most part uh, thanks thanks to them. So those were, that was the start, building the right team, and then obviously, and maybe this applies to uh, no, no, to to tech companies, uh, actually maybe to to all sorts of businesses. The man uh, building the product uh, all will always take longer than expected. Uh, you you you'll always spend more than you think na 
you would need to spend. And when you roll it out, uh, people aren't going to buy it as much as you thought uh, people would. Right? We had to go through that, right? So our first uh, iterations of the product uh, weren't great. And uh, to the point that we had to, we had to, to pivot the way we, we approach the, the technology stack and, and basically rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were very challenging because you're on the clock too, right? You have investors who expect results. Um, and if you run out of money, it's game over, right? So those were the uh, no, early, early challenges, just building the right product. Okay. Now, having said that, you know, there, there often comes a point when you're doing business, when you when you tell yourself, like, you know, you work very hard at it, and then it starts to grow. And it's something that you realize, well, it's picking up traction. Then you go, hey, it might actually work. Because, I mean, to be honest, like any entrepreneur, when you've got a great <laughs> idea, you know, you're, you're really doing your best, but you're not always sure that you're going to succeed. What was that point when you when you were doing Pedax and you realized, oh my gosh, this is going to actually work? <laughs> Siguro ano, no. Um, with, with Pedax, uh, I had the benefit of having a, an unshakable belief in what we're trying to do. Because um, it was so clear to me, eh, so clear. I am a very risk-averse person. Right? I never thought that I'd be starting a business, let alone a fintech company. But I was so convinced by this opportunity that I really uh, uh, pursued it. Now, uh, though the belief yon was uh, kind of uh, unshakable, uh, what I was most concerned about is, will we get there before our funding runs out? Uh, a competitor beats us to to uh, the market. Uh, those were the things that uh, were were really you know, were really uh, uh, concerning us at the time. Um, so so when when we realized na hey we had a a product that was working that uh, is actually creating uh, a lot of value already for our users, uh, the feeling was was amazing. Uh, it doesn't happen suddenly, eh, RJ. It's just like uh, you'll start to see it and then gradually see na, hey, this is working, um, and then boom, you feel it. Wow, uh, we, we did something here, and then we can do better. Hi there, I'm Coach Laika Maravilla. Whether you're looking for a new opportunity, a new position, or a promotion, I'm here to help you land your dream job. Let me walk you through what you need to do before, during and after your next job interview in the Get Hired podcast. Listen, learn, and get hired now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Give, me an, give me an idea like right now, Nich, having said all that. Mm. Give me an idea of, of when you started off and just how big the market was and the number of consumers that you had, I guess, using the platform vis-a-vis right now. How big is the platform right now and how many people are on the platform and how many services do you offer on the platform? Sure. Uh, look, when we first started as a company, we did not have a product, right? Uh, uh, I guess that's true naman for most uh, entrepreneurs. No? So you have to build a product, make it better, etc. So when we first launched the product, at the end of that, uh, I guess, uh, first a uh, few months, uh, maybe month, uh, late 2018, early 2019, we had, you know, uh, maybe a, f- a couple of thousand users. Uh, today, we have about 500,000 uh, users wow. across. Uh, and also, now we, we have, um, that day, it was really just a, an order book exchange, right? So, parang trading platform lang. Um, but since then, we've we've rolled out a, a simplified na mobile app. Uh, we also have a a another investing app uh, called Bonds.ph, where people can buy uh, buy treasury bonds, right, backed by the government. So uh, that's another another product line. And I guess and you you, uh, you buy you buy the bonds with crypto. Ah, okay. So so the uh, that's a great question because uh, I mentioned earlier in another uh, like the this one this technology can be applied to almost anything. So what we did was we applied the same technology, but this time to treasury bonds uh, issued by the government. So the underlying is the same. It's still uh, a risk-free investment product issued by the government, but this time it's blockchain enabled. Okay, And obviously a third or like the, the next uh, or the, the other business line that we've been supporting uh, were crypto remittances. Right, which I, I explained kanina, uh, it can make things very cheap and very fast. Okay. Um, now, having, having said all this, one, uh, the, there is a tendency, in, especially in developing countries and, and mm. in the Philippines per se, uh, where many people, because there is a lack of understanding, where they might think that, oh, this is, this is, this is not true, it's a scam. I mean, I hope you don't mind me using yeah. the word. Uh, they, they think that either, uh, like abroad, many people get scammed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to because we don't have OFWs or locally, people use the word crypto, but it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with crypto. It's just another, it's just another uh, Ponzi scheme. Or they look right. at your, or, or they look at Pidax and they don't understand it, so they'll say, uh, uh, it, "It's it's it's not real." How do you how do you actually help people better understand uh, mm-hmm. to 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 tell the how how can they tell that they they are even the public service stuff? How do they know oh, sure. that this is actual and it's not a scam? Parang gayan, di ba? So, so g- generally, what I would say is that you know, um, uh, there's, there's two ways that uh, someone can, can scam you in the crypto space. Eh? Number one is counterparty risk, meaning you're buying from someone and then you didn't get what you, you bought, right? Uh, this happens a lot, uh, or this happened a lot. Uh, maybe before you know 2018, maybe 2017, 16, and earlier, uh, because people were buying um, uh, Bitcoin from uh, unregistered dealers, right? So the message was a Facebook, bili ako ng Bitcoin, and then you deposit the cash, you don't get anything. Okay, so that's the that's the most common way. 
ngayon um, people now uh, a lot of the the bad actors no the the criminals or the scam artists they know that there's so much interest in crypto right so uh, pa iikutin na nila yung kwento crypto 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 ganyan just to get you to invest in something that in reality is not worth anything okay so how do you protect yourself well um, if you want to be absolutely and you know forgive me i'm not plugging <laughs> tdax or or whatnot right but uh, you have to trade in a registered or regulated marketplace right licensed by the bsp because the difference between a licensed exchange and a non-licensed uh, and a non-licensed exchange is that somebody like PDAX had to go through all sorts of hoops to make sure that the platform is safe and that we can treat customers fairly. The others or the non-licensed ones, you have to ask, well, why don't they submit themselves to licensing, right? So that's that's siguro a healthy level of skepticism that. That we can all uh, share to to protect ourselves. I see. Very interesting, especially for people you know for the first time hearing this one because mm-hmm. usually it's the it's it goes back to the same idea in investing. If it's too good to be true, it isn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, that's what you want to remind people, especially when it comes to investments. Even when even when you do crypto, I guess that that's that that adage still holds yeah. true. When when someone tells you na look, RJ. Bigyan mo lang ako ng 1 million pesos ngayon. Gagawin kong 100 million tomorrow. Uh, you know, your, your, your ano, alarm bells should be ringing already because, yeah, if it's too good to be true, then it's just too good. Yeah. Right? It's not, yeah, yeah. not real. And, and so let's move on to, to crypto per se when using the exchange. No? Because many people, they think mm-hmm. agad, uh, crypto, uh, pang investment yan, pang kikita ako dyan, di ba? But there's many purposes, uh-huh. there, there are many uses of, of cryptocurrency, and investment is not one of them. Like you said, it's actually great for remittance. It's it's actually uh, great for getting uh, purchasing bonds or other digital assets. Please help us better understand, let's say, that if they want to get into crypto, what should they understand are the different uses that they can do uh, when they when they trade crypto in the PIDAX? Mm-hmm. So that's a Fantastic question. I'll keep it very, uh, no, no, very simple and straightforward. I'll talk about three, ano lang, uh, three tokens. Uh, Bitcoin. What are you getting when you're buying Bitcoin? Well, you're getting an instrument that cannot be replicated or that cannot be uh, reproduced, and it will always be yours as long as you have your your private key. Is that worth anything? Well, yes, because. As more governments print more and more money and nobody prints more of Bitcoin, it stands to reason that your uh, your holdings will preserve its value. And it's traded everywhere, right? So if kunwari, the, the European market crashes, right? The Europeans who have crypto can go to the U.S. and sell whatever Bitcoin they have for like uh, uh, have at a preserved value, right? So that's Bitcoin. Ether in the man. Okay. Why would people buy Ether? Well, games like uh, Axie Infinity, like they reward you with uh, these tokens and you use you use certain tokens also to, I guess, direct the game, right? Or govern the game. Um, these instruments are actually built on the Ethereum blockchain, right? Uh, think of it as a supercomputer, right? Ethereum virtual machine. Uh, in order to power that machine, you use ether, okay? So uh, that's why um, 
uh, people say people call it gas fees. Eh? Whenever the Ethereum uh, transactions uh, are are confirmed, like they incur gas fees. So para siyang oil. The more Ethereum applications there are, the the greater the likelihood that Ether will go up in price. Very simple. Lang. So the, lo- the, 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 lo- the logic is it, it it acts differently. Ether works differently from Bitcoin. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, Bitcoin to say you can't use it for uh, to power a machine. Eh? Yeah. Right. Ether you use it to power the Ethereum blockchain, where all of these games, NFT tokens, where all of them reside and, and work, right? So you can think of Ether as oil, right? Pag mas maraming sasakyan, mas valuable ang oil because we, we will demand the use of, of oil. Uh, the last one is, I guess, that I'll talk about is XRP, right? Ang pinaka-benefit ni XRP is you can transfer it uh, in very small amounts instantaneously. So... Maybe it could be, you know, and likely it, it could be a, a good alternative to how we we send remittances today. Great. Now, having said that, I think what I want to step back and also talk about right now is um, you're talking about the opportunities, especially for the Philippines and for Filipinos here and, and OFWs. What exactly, if you can broaden our, our, our perspective of things, what are the opportunities for cryptocurrency and for PIDAX in helping, I guess, Help the Philippine economy, what, what, or, or help the Philippines grow. Uh, what are you seeing are the opportunities uh, for PIDAX and, and how it can support that? Mm-hmm. You know, yung yung broader uh, mission ni, ni PIDAX. Uh, obviously, we're we're a crypto exchange, and you know, we run bonds.ph, etc. But the broader mission of PIDAX is to change our financial system uh, in such a way na. Uh, Financial services can be more efficient. Now, what does that mean? As a as a businessman, uh, RJ, you know how important capital is, mm-hmm. right? People who have savings need to be able to put those savings to work. People, naman, who have ideas and have no way of funding the idea, sayang yung opportunity if only they could borrow money, right? So, a well functioning economy uh, will must have a well-functioning financial market, right, where buy, uh, borrowers and savers can, ano, can have a free flow of capital. So, bakit PDAX? Well, right now, kasi, uh, it's very inefficient uh, for Filipinos to raise money publicly and also uh, uh, invest their savings. That's what blockchain technology can solve for the Philippines, and that's what we're doing. Um, Bonus na yung, hindi ba bonus, but like, uh, 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 I guess a lower hanging fruit na benefit is making remittances cheaper, allowing OFWs to invest in the country without the barriers that they face today, mm-hmm. and allowing people to to transact and preserve their wealth even if there's no bank uh, where they live. I see. And, and having said that, no, um, I was going to ask you, if people want to start off right now in getting into into cryptocurrency, into blockchain, uh, there's many people can say right now. I'm I'm looking at at, at our zoo, at our chat box. It's full of it's right full of comments. People asking questions. People questioning. I like it because that's basically what you know. I guess when you do pedax and things like this, fun where people are trying to grasp the concept, you know, you, you do get a lot of comments. But for me, when when you want to start off, how should be the mindset when you start off getting into crypto in the first place? Because people, of course, initially, oh, hey, kikita, dito kaagad, should dapat ba yung 
dapat ganyan ba yung mentalidad dyan? Or uh, how should they come into the into crypto and into the exchange? Yeah. Uh, siguro, as with anything, no, you, you always have to do your own research. So, parang... Uh, uh, before you put money into anything, uh, and it's easier to do now, no, because uh, everyone can can just search anything online. Do your own research. Uh, look into what Bitcoin is. Look into what Ether is. Look at what Axie Infinity is uh, before you you start uh, engaging in these uh, instruments. So uh, that's siguro umbrella. Like that's the best advice anyone can give. Yeah, and I guess the second is. Uh, just uh, try to transact in you know, uh, regulated marketplaces where, uh, where at a very minimum, uh, they have passed the right standards to, to be deemed safe. Yeah. I've got other friends here. My friend Cholo Tagaysay. Uh, hi, Cholo. I have Cholo still listening over here. I'm sure you know Cholo of... Uh, yes, oh, yeah. I know Cholo. Oh. <laughs> so Cholo saying over here, he says, Hi, RJ and Boss Nichelle. Uh, we discussed this earlier, but what's your POV again on the Axie Infinity phenomenon? Um, is it good? In, is it good? I guess is it good for the country in general? Is it creating great awareness for? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's creating great awareness for crypto, but overall, it, it's it's good for us overall. I mean, is that what you're seeing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's what's very clear about uh, what Axie has done is it has given people who would otherwise have no income or meager income uh, with a suitable alternative to, to earn, right? So all these uh, innovations, I would say, are, are generally good things. Now, that being said, we can't expect that, you know, forever we can just be playing a game as a whole country and then like, uh, and we'd, we'd all be, be making money, right? Uh, at some point, uh, the market will move such that, Maybe there could be newer games or newer applications, and the means of creating value or wealth will also change. So, uh, but you know, um, that aside, uh, at this point, uh, it's doing very good things for our country. I want to ask just one more question, uh, Nichelle, and it's really more the context of you know you're seeing what's happening right now in the crypto world, in the exchange world, how it, how crypto is being used. I want to ask you. You know, um, and I ask this to the other entrepreneurs and business people on the show. If you had the time and the resources outside of what you're doing right now in Pidax, what opportunities do you think would have been, would, would are still worth pursuing in, in that crypto ecosystem and whatever, whether it's transaction, whether it's in commerce, what are these things that you think are, wow, uh, these are things if I had time, uh, I mentioned you know, like there's so many blockchain uh, or applications of, of blockchain technology. You know? If you're an artist, you can sell your work uh, uh, as non-fungible tokens, and people are getting uh, paid a lot more for it than in the in the traditional art space. So that's just one example. Um, ngayon, uh, we also have if if I weren't doing PDAFs, I probably look at something in in uh, identity, no? so uh, using blockchain technology to power uh, identity systems. So obviously we have the national ID system, but just imagine if your ID is on a ledger that cannot be corrupted, right? Uh, and everyone can integrate into that. I think that can yeah, everything a lot from, from your value. from your national ID to come like the driver's license, everything just in one place, right? Exactly, everything is in sync to the point na parang. Uh, Okay, if if the ledger deems na you're 18, okay, 
walang lusot yan. You go to the LTO, they know na you're, you're 18 years old. Uh, or if somebody, for example, uh, passes away, automatic, the SSS gets alerted about it and benefits are exactly. automatically paid. Yeah, exactly. Like these things are... Uh, yeah, so like for you and me, you, you took, you said, I saw you took real estate as a minor in uh, in uh, in uh, Wharton. My... my, my my graduate school is in, in, in real estate development. And if you come back to the Philippines, one of the biggest problems is really the documentation, all the yeah, documentation that you need for real estate because, you know, from the title yes. itself to mm. going to the bank, it's all separate documents that can, some can be forged, some can be faked, right? if you had blockchain technology yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, parang, uh, I saw a statistic, eh, like 30 or 33% of of land titles here are subject to to being contested because yung chain of ownership is not clear right um now if you put all of that onto the blockchain uh you you whoever the previous owner is will be recorded there yeah. and there's no contesting right exactly you can you can trace Lucky things back titles. i mean you know, that's what i want i mean when people realize that you know block the currency is great <laughs> but the blockchain technology is really i mean if, if we, we get to see it, we get to see the provenance of, of foods or the genuineness oh. of articles. I mean, there's so many things that, that, that really come out of, out, of, out of blockchain. What are the other opportunities? Just imagine, let's say you create a token that represents ownership of a property. Oh. You can create smart contracts or programs on Ooh. top of that uh, token that says, na, okay, this person is going to pay me 100 USDT every month. Uh, and if it's not or if it's not then the token goes back to you. Yeah. Right? It knows that, you know, clearly uh, the person is, is can be evicted. I mean, like, uh, that's a, maybe a, a not a friendly example. But it just goes to show now a lot of the pain points we deal with today can be solved technologically. That's right. You can even tokenize property ownership. Oh, maganda yan, RJ. I hope na one day somebody uh, solves that problem for the Philippines. Exactly. What are the other things? I mean, this is, this is nice now because I think some people's juices are flowing right now. Let's go into a bit, a bit more. What are the other opportunities that you're seeing right now also with, with that, that, you know, that if you've got time, gagawin mo rin, Michelle? You know, if I have time, I will pursue, the, I will pursue uh, real estate applications. Because, but then again, uh, you know, it's going to be so hard uh, rolling something out because unlike sa, sa financial services where you have the BSP and the SEC, mm-hmm. with real estate, you're really going to have to do a lot of advocacy to convince people that the registry of deeds should start using blockchain technology. <laughs> but if I had you know, all the time and the opportunity, I'm going to give it a shot, right? And, you know, in, as maybe outside of that, naman, uh, like, uh, right now, there's so much uh, uh, wealth that can be created uh, just by trading cryptocurrencies. Now, um, I, I've always been a fan of creating real value, you know, like creating a service, creating a good. Uh, but like people who, who can trade very well or like who have the right uh, instincts and uh, skills for trading, uh, they can they can go into the crypto space and trade full time. Yeah. Um, and you can't probably do that in the traditional markets anymore. Yeah. Uh, is there hope also for a Filipino cryptocurrency very soon? Uh, you mean like a peso? Uh, a, Filip- a Filipino based or a Filipino cre- created uh, cryptocurrency? Well, there are a you lot. Think that will also, um, there's a lot, no? Yeah, so uh, in fact, probably the most recent is like... Uh, 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 I don't know if you've you've met Gabby Dizon and and YGG. So 
Yes, Gapi. Yield, yield games. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Um, so they yeah. also issue their, their own token. You know, over the years, um, many Filipinos have, have issued their own tokens. A lot of times, it's not hard to, to create a, a token. Uh, the important thing is the challenge, uh, I guess. Uh, it's creating oh. use cases for, for that token. So that's the most important. Creating the use case for those tokens are very key to, to make sure that, and that's why they're also going the game route. Sina Gabi. Yeah, because oh, exactly. Because you know what? Like we can create a token. Like uh, let's call it the you know this uh, ABC token. We create it now, uh, but there's no supply and demand. Who will buy that token? Uh, there's no demand. That's why the price will always be zero, right? Um, so the ones who have issued tokens and created actual use for those tokens saludo ako sa kanila because it's it's not easy to do uh, you know in your in your short in your relatively relatively short but very colorful career as an entrepreneur and also somebody who, who worked corporate moved to entrepreneurial space put up your own startup business within a span of just four four or five years what are the i guess key entrepreneurial lessons that you can pass forward to people also who you know want to go down your route, or you know, or at least uh, you know, what are your what are the war stories that you have, or or, or success secrets that they can have? Uh, so first, uh, I I, can, I guess I can share I don't know, uh, a couple of things that I I learned uh, over the years. Uh, I think I mentioned Benina that I've always been a very risk averse person. So you know, first first uh, lesson goes to just be brave, right? Because uh, oftentimes we we overestimate the risks, eh? like parang uh, especially at the time you know I had a job, uh, you know, like ano ano like my monthly expenses, I'm taking care of my family, like all those things. Actually, you can plan and prepare for, right? If you put your mind into becoming an entrepreneur, um, the preparation that you do will actually make you make you quite brave. Um, the second is uh, I think. Um, I can't stress this enough. Parang you have to always be, in my opinion, like passionate about what you're doing. Um, because there's so much, and I'm sure you also know this. Like there's so much discouragement that will come your way. Uh, a failed product, a failed partnership, uh, family members who think that you're wasting your time, friends who are like you know uh, too shy. That's, tra- that's, that's the entrepreneurial lifestyle. That's really the entrepreneurial life for you, right? You have oh. to really find people who are your cheerleaders and fellow entrepreneurs and mentors to tell you, kaya mo yan, eh. Diba? So, so I'm bringing up more, like having a support group because uh, yeah. most of the time you'll feel alone, eh, right? So, so you need Very much, that. oh. And the last is to just, you know, just work hard at it, right? Because no one will do things for you. Um, and, you know, and in a company when I was still uh, working, whether you perform well every month or not, like you get the same paycheck. But as an entrepreneur, you don't have that luxury. Uh, but at the same time, parang, uh, if you're in a space you're passionate about, working hard isn't exactly working hard, right? It's working fun and, and doing something that you, you love and you enjoy. Yeah. And I guess one of the biggest things about being an entrepreneur, which I like, is that, uh, I mean, the benefit, the, 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 what, you get is proportion, what you get is proportionate to what you put in. I mean, at least in terms of the work, right? I mean, like you said, yeah, same yeah. paycheck, whether you do a good job or a bad job, or maybe <laughs> bonus, but at least this one, 
you work hard, it benefits. You get the you 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 reap the you reap the fruits of it to the proportion that you you put in. Exactly, and you know, like going back to your ano naman, your experience naman as a, an office worker at at BGC, I, I never thought like the, the idea never crossed my mind that you know there could be uh, these spaces could be used for for really good and affordable food. No, so so seeing that demand, like I like. Hats off to you, man. Because uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we just want to emphasize to people: it's really, I mean, the, the philosophy we keep on telling people is that I call it the entrepreneurial mindset niche, and mm-hmm. I can't emphasize this enough, right? Entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset is is something where you're always looking for problems to solve. Correct. Correct. And and the, the idea is that your job is not to say that you know what your job is not to say oh it's a bad time, right? Yeah. Your your job is to say what are the opportunities which exist during good times and bad times? Yeah. That, that's where you have to be sort of like merciless in looking at things. Uh-huh. Okay, it's a bad time, but what's the opportunity here right now? Quite stressed. Ka na. That's what right, you look for every right. time. Right. And maganding sinabi mo, having the entrepreneurial mindset. Because if, if let's say you're in a job right now and uh, you're thinking about uh, starting a business, what's the question that you're asking yourself? Are you asking yourself, how do I make money? Because if that's the question you're asking yourself, it'll be very difficult for you to find opportunities. Instead, you should ask yourself, what problem can I solve today? Exactly, like, exactly. What problem can I uniquely solve today that creates value for somebody? Right? And then have to make somebody, and that's where you get paid. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. But if, if it's something, I often tell people, if it's something that irritates you and it irritates me and I can mm-hmm. solve that problem, Jan ako kikita ng pera. Exactly. Um, that's why even you know, like, you know, a lot of times, like, mima on that when I was uh, obviously uh, we're, we're over time. I apologize, but I'm I'm having a great time chatting with you and in, in the audience. Oh, uh, no problem. Uh, like, oh. it's it's uh, it, sometimes because like uh, entrepreneurs think na ano, uh, people who are in jobs. Oh. Uh, you guys should parang wala kayong ano wala kayong uh, guts to like be an entrepreneur but actually um, you know what uh, one thing i learned was uh, you can't really be an entrepreneur without a, a formidable skill set eh? right so so That's working right. doing different things uh, they they do nothing but make you better as a person right and That's right and eventually everything in your arsenal can be put to use in an idea that you can actually solve and and bring to life yeah yeah and, and you having said that like for myself now my backers actually uh, from a multinational i worked for procter and gamble mm-hmm. uh, you know during my, my during my younger years and i realized that a lot of the skill set which i gained because uh, yeah. but i worked for family business which is real estate development so it's sort of like when you're done all those skills don't go to waste but you have to apply them in new and and creative ways when you become an entrepreneur, the same way that like for you, you had your finance background, uh-huh. you're, not exactly, you're not exactly applying the same thing, but you're using some principles that you've gained there to say, okay, I'll use this as the basis for me to become an entrepreneur. And it gives me that unique skill set now because uh-huh. I, <laughs> I can only think of things this way because of my training, right? Yeah, that's right. And you know what's nice? Uh, PNG, in your case, actually paid for your schooling also, right? Because you can make mistakes on, on like without the the, uh, no, the consequences. 
<laughs> well, let's, let's not tell them, let's not tell them that. Baka, baka mag-buy pa ng, ng interest dyan. Baka singilin ka. But anyway, thanks so much, uh, Nishal. We had a really, really great discussion. I have everybody there in the chat box enjoyed as well. Now, if you're all enjoying this podcast and you're learning a lot from it, please subscribe and invite more friends to listen to the RJ Ledesma podcast. Nishal, thanks so much. Maybe next time around, we can invite other people, uh, you know, Uh, other people to join us here in the show from Pidax uh, to learn more about cryptocurrency. That would be, that would be really fantastic for the people uh, listening to the show. So again, thanks so much for listening to the RJ Ledesma podcast. We'll see you guys again next week. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.